This is The Big Show on 97.5, 1280 The Zone in the Zone Sports Network. Big Show, Gordon Monson, Jake Scott, 97.5 and 1280 The Zone. It's time to talk a little NFL football as we do each and every Tuesday. Let's get out to the zone phone. He makes the magic happen at profootballnetwork.com. Also uh, part of Locked On NFL podcast, he's Matt Williamson. In fact, hit it, Lloyd. This is your NFL Insider Report on the Zone Sports Network. Now, joining the big show from Locked On NFL, Matt Williamson on 97.5, 1280 The Zone and the Zone Sports Network. Matt, how you doing? Wow, I like the intro. Yeah, you guys right? are stepping up. Nice <laughs> yeah. stuff. We got the we got the big voice guy to work. That's always uh, uh, you know <laughs> we got him working on something. It sounds pretty good. I like it. I love it. Good work. Awesome. Well, thanks for jumping on with us. Let's uh, let's talk. Uh, jump right into it. Talk a little NFL football with this one. Who's the best team in the league right now? You know what? I put out a power ranks uh, just finished up, and I have the Chiefs still at one. People like to call me a Steelers homer, and I work close with the team, and I'm here in Pittsburgh my whole life. But I think the champs are number one. I mean, they've had a a little hiccup against the Raiders. The Chargers played them close, but. They blew out the Ravens. They're making it look easy more weeks than not. That's hard to do in this league. And Mahomes is unbelievable. And, hey, they're the champs. You know, uh, Matt, I asked that same question of Jake recently. I think it was yesterday, wasn't it, Jake? Yeah, Did you, didn't so. you say the Seahawks? I, I, I said that was my hot take of the day, the Seahawks. Because, uh, okay. well, they're, okay. they're playing great. And Russell Wilson's on, on another level right now. I don't disagree with you on Russell Wilson. And I think there's – five teams that are kind of setting themselves apart. The two I mentioned, Seattle, still Baltimore, and Tampa, although they didn't look great last night. I was wondering what you thought about Zach Wilson's rise on these mock drafts. Of course, we're interested in him because BYU is obviously here in our market. But uh, uh, Zach Wilson, have you seen this kid? And do you think he's an NFL-type quarterback? I, I wish I could answer your question. I apologize. I mean, we haven't been doing this long, but I, I don't have – I'm an NFL scout until draft time. Uh, so I've heard all kinds okay. of great buzz about him. I don't want to talk out the side of my mouth without watching him. But people I trust are raving about him. And, frankly, you guys probably know more about him than I do. But I can't wait to dig into his take. So we're following the Raiders uh, a little bit more closely around here with them yeah. now in in Vegas and uh, this station. We're actually carrying all of uh, all of the Raider games, and you don't have to watch many of them to uh, realize that they don't play you know this thing called defense. But yet they still managed to hold the Browns to six points, which I was just blown away by. And now apparently o, uh, Odell Beckham uh, is leaving the team. What on earth is going on in Cleveland? Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure that that was ever a great marriage between, you know, Odell and the team and the town and the way they need to play the game. Um, He very well could be on his way out. He may be more disruptive than he's worth. I think that the Giants, you can say what you want about their front office and whatnot, but I think they wanted Odell out of the building before they brought Daniel Jones in just because – you know, he can be disruptive to young quarterbacks and whatnot. But the Browns, to me, 
have to play a certain way. And I also found it kind of odd. I mean, I was a scout for the Browns that that they would draft Baker Mayfield first overall, considering the town that they play in. I mean, even on a nice day, it's windy by the lake, let alone when it's nasty and we saw the weather this past week. That's not Mayfield's game. I mean, he's got smaller hands. He doesn't drive the ball through the wind. I think the elements of his the town he plays in will always be a problem for Mayfield. And surprisingly, well, I guess maybe not surprisingly, you know, the Raiders were the more physical team. They, they took the, the persona of their coach, Gruden, and, you know, on Josh Jacobs' shoulder on a, shoulders on a really nasty day, they ran the ball better. And they were the better team. I think they're the better team, you know, seven out of ten times against the Browns. And I think that that game's going to have massive playoff implications because I have a feeling one of those two teams could be the seventh seed in the AFC. So we have this uh, running uh, bet that we we make our picks every week. Uh, we pick a certain game. We pick a winner, and uh, we, the the uh, the <laughs> the consequences for these picks are rather embarrassing for us. So what do I do, Matt? I pick the Packers to beat the Vikings. Why? Because they always beat the Vikings. At least they beat them <laughs> three or four straight times, and then they go out and lose to the Vikings. What? What do you make of the Packers right now? Is just just sort of a work in progress? You can't draw conclusions at this point, or is there is there something uh, that is uh, amiss? I think there's some issues. I mean, first of all, Aaron Rodgers is playing terrific. He's not the problem. Clearly, he's much better now. He's much more comfortable in the system. But back to their draft, you know, they didn't give him another weapon. I mean, they need one more receiver. I'm shocked they didn't add that guy at the trade deadline today. That's a little shocking to me. And now they might have to play on Thursday night without any running backs because of the COVID situation and injuries, which is going to be nuts. But the biggest problem to me with them is their defense is very, very soft. You know, they play the run on the way to the quarterback and they, they make some big plays with their aggressive upfield nature. But teams like the Niners, the Vikings, these zone heavy, Shanahan type teams just gash them on the ground. I mean, they just create huge holes and they're not very physical at the point of attack. Uh, I think that they are fundamentally flawed. Matt, I want to ask you about Sam Darnold. And we, uh, Gordon and I, covered him in, in college when he played at USC in, in the Pac 12. And uh, obviously, he had a very good college career. And now he goes to the Jets. And the Jets made some trades this week. It would appear they're waving the white flag. I know Adam Gase says they're not, but let's be honest. If they, sure. do, uh, if they do get the number one pick in the draft, uh, how much can they get for Sam Darnold? And do you think he is a starter in the NFL? I'm a big Darnold guy. And I think that. He too, I mean, there's a saying out there that I very much believe in, that it takes a village to raise a quarterback. And his village has been on fire since day one. He didn't go to a good village. And he had some flaws coming out of USC, which you guys probably recognize, which are strengths and weaknesses in terms of he's very aggressive. He's not afraid to put the ball in harm's way. I don't want to use the Jameis Winston comparison, But it's in that realm, and Winston's an extreme example, obviously, of those type of quarterbacks. He was first overall pick. I mean, don't forget about what kind of pedigree Winston has. But I feel like Darnold, if he could go to Tampa, Indy, Pittsburgh, you know, maybe take one step back for a year, learn behind an all-time great, 
settle down, take some pressure off your shoulders, that he could eventually be a franchise quarterback. And I don't use that term loosely at all. I think getting him out of New York would probably be right. I think taking Lawrence would be the move. I think they'll earn that pick because it's they're a terrible team right now. But I would think you get a second and a fifth, something like that. I think you're going to get something pretty decent for him. But the problem is you got to pay him soon. So let's say it's the Steelers or Tampa or one of those type of teams. It's hard to pay Ben and Brady and then give Darnold a big contract, too. I mean, that's a lot of money in your quarterback room. Matt Williamson. Oh, sorry, Gordon. Go ahead. Uh, yeah, I want to ask you about the game that took place between the the the, the Rams and the Dolphins uh, in the quarterback play. Tua obviously uh, 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 promoted to the starting position and uh, winning the game, but not really looking very uh, impressive. And uh, and Jared Goff. I mean, is. Explain to me your position on these two quarterbacks and what we're looking at here with them. Are they good, bad, indifferent? You can't tell yet what? A very strange game, first of all. I mean, the Rams' offense put up massive yardage. They were much better on a per-play basis. The, 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 the Dolphins won the game going away, but two or through for like 90 yards, and they ran for like 50. I mean, like, these kind of it was a very unique game. I mean, the Dolphins scored a touchdown on offense, defense, and special teams. Like that's not a sustainable formula. And frankly, I felt like the Rams lost the game more than Miami won it. And Miami's defense is good, and they pressured Goff and made him uncomfortable. And to answer your question about him, I kind of consider Goff a fair weather quarterback. When things are nice and the pocket's pretty clean. And he can carve you up. I mean, he can throw the football really well. He looks like the first overall pick when those things are going that way. But when he's uncomfortable and not seeing things clearly and has a muddy pocket and is getting hit consistently, he's far less of that. I mean, he's half of the player. He he drastically changes more than other quarterbacks. As for Tua, I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think he was very good in that game. There's a lot of buzz with them. Boy, they won with Tua, but they didn't win because of Tua. They won despite Tua in that game. And that's a good defense, and Aaron Donald was in his lap over and over. So I'm going to reserve judgment on Tua. I think he needs to be – he needs to pattern his game off after Drew Brees. You know, a light-footed, quick-twitch quick passer, um, rhythm, timing, play-action – uh, he's not going to be a drive it through the wind, big power arm type guy. He's not an elite runner, but he's good runner. So I'm interested, but um, I didn't think he was great in his debut. Matt, uh, talk about uh, Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. I, 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 I was down on he and Cliff Kingsbury last year. I was skeptical uh, that it was going to work. I didn't think Cliff was very good at Texas Tech. Uh, Kyler Murray is kind of that new school quarterback, but so small. I, I, I thought that that would work against him, and it would appear I've been kind of wrong on both. I mean, they're 5-2. and two. Yeah, I think that's a little inflated. It's funny because we just talked about Miami, and I put up my power ranks, and Arizona fans and Miami fans, and they happen to play this weekend, or both giving me a hard time. Like, you're not putting our teams high enough. They're, they're a contender. And I'm like, eh. See, both these teams were a year or two removed from being 
as bad a team as there is in the NFL. I think both those teams are trending the right direction but aren't contenders yet. I've been impressed with Kingsbury. I was skeptical like you when they made the hire. Like, I, I thought he adapted his system as he learned as a rookie head coach and is doing a pretty decent job. And Kyler Murray's been up and down as a passer this year. He's a ridiculously good runner. But I would be buying stock left and right in Kyler Murray. I think he's in a good situation. Going to get Hopkins helps him tremendously. I think him and Kingsbury are growing together, which is what you want from a young head coach quarterback combination. And I think Murray's a very good passer of the football. We just haven't seen it a lot this year. Matt, going back to uh, your answer to the question when I asked you about Tua and Goff, and you talked about the pressure, if you pressure Goff and how he struggles. So let me ask you a mm-hmm. philosophical question. If you were coordinating a defense and you were going up against a, a, a quality quarterback, do you drop guys back into coverage? Should you uh, take some resources and put them there? Or do you pressure a guy like that to try and hurry him up? It's very different depending on the quarterback. I mean, like, we're really seeing an example with Pat Mahomes, you know, who many think is, you know, everyone knows how good he is. The the blueprint on him this year, and that might not be the right word, is we are not going to pressure him. And in his young career, he has killed the blitz. So we're going to sometimes even rush three. We're going to make him sit there and pat the football in the the pocket, try to find where the extra coverage guy is, don't get beat over the top. Make an aggressive guy like him dump it down, sustain 10, 12 play drives. And some of those quarterbacks just don't have the patience to do it. You know, they want to make the big play, they want to make the splash play. And in the end, you know, they don't drop a lot of long touchdowns on you, and you're in it in the end, and you hope you get a bounce and see how it goes. A guy like Goff, you come after, you hit him, and, you know, he doesn't play that. He doesn't do it well, he doesn't handle the pressure well. So I think it's different, you know, week to week, and all these coordinators are trying to figure that out. You know, like Josh Allen's a really good example. We really appreciate him jumping on with us, as always. We'll catch up with him coming up next week. We'll have more Big Show coming up, (laughs) 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.